Welcome to episode six of Who Watches the Watchmen? Clinton can do. That's us. That is us. It's crazy. Uh, episode six is titled This Extraordinary Being. Clint, uh, which one of us is this extraordinary being, you or I? I think as a unit, we are both combined the extraordinary being. It's very diplomatic, and I don't believe you. Clint is an egomaniac and a narcissist, and he knows full well that he thinks he is the extraordinary being in this duo. It might be true, but I do not usually admit to that as a narcissist. Oh, wow. Uh, before we get into episode six, I I did a little bit of research. Oh. I, right? Uh, and That is very professional. Thank you. The research was specifically about episode titles, because we've been talking about this for quite a while. Okay. We've been talking about how uh, some of these episode titles make no sense to us. Yeah. And so I have the answers. Do you have any interest in the answers? I always like to be a little bit in the realm of mystery, but I'm totally up for you telling okay. me. So. Uh, it's, it's certainly not going to spoil anything about the series. Uh, so episode one was, it's summer and we're running out of ice. Uh-huh. Uh, and that full line uh, actually comes from one of the songs in Oklahoma. And oh, okay. So that's what it's referring to. And, and ironically, also in that uh, song, it sings about Judd is dead. Wow. And then, sure enough, at the end of the episode, who dies? Judd. Uh, episode two was a little Thanks, trickier. Oklahoma. Yeah, the seriously. Plot, <laughs> plot spoiler. Uh, episode two, martial feats of Comanche horsemanship. I think that was the one where you're like, what? Is that tied to the painting? That is tied to the okay, painting. Okay, that was my guess. Yep, that is tied to the painting. Uh, and uh, it, it has a lot to say in that. It's just the name of that painting. Okay. Um, and so that was interesting, too. Um, it's an 1834 painting. Uh, and it's already hanging in their, their home, in right. Judd's home. Um, so that was really kind of half interesting. Episode three was a little easier. She was killed by space junk. Uh, in the Watchmen graphic novel, though, uh, Laurie is a fan of pop rock Devo. Okay. And that is a line from one of their songs. Nice. Uh, it also is the fact that giant chunk of space junk falls from the sky. Yeah. At the end of the episode. That one's a little more, you know, right there. Uh, episode four, which is If You Don't Like My Story, Write Your Own, uh, takes its name from uh, this novel from 1958, Things Fall Apart. Uh, and it talks about uh, a wrestling champion from Nigeria. Um, and it's about British colonialism. Uh, it's about uh, kind of being oppressed and being taken over by a rival nation mm -hmm. um, and all sorts of things like that. And it's also the exact novel that Angela's husband is reading when she gets home. Oh. And she spoils the ending. Uh -huh. And he says, you're trying to start a fight. <laughs> that happens to be what I he's reading. remember that scene now. Mm -hmm. And then episode five, Little Fear of Lightning, is actually a line from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Uh, and I want to talk about this a little I bit really before like we get to episode title. six. I love that title. Yeah. And here's the quote. If there were no thunder, men would have little fear of lightning. Now, that's great. This is the episode where it goes into Wade's backstory. Uh huh. And Wade has two traumas, and we had discussed this. Yeah. One trauma was the the girl uh -huh. and, and kind of the the sexual rejection. Yeah. The second trauma, obviously, the psychic event. psychic yeah. squid. Which one is the thunder? Which one is the lightning? Here's the quote again: If there were no thunder, men would have little fear of lightning. What is his actual trauma? Was was the big trauma 
her rejection of him. And in that moment, now psychic squid attacks and he's left feeling like his moral failing, his identity as a center is what is punishing him and all of these people. Or is it the other way around? Huh. I kind of saw it as he's linking the two. So, yeah. I don't know. It's a good question. Food for thought. Yeah. I'll have to ponder that more. You will. All <laughs> right. So this this episode was titled This Extraordinary Being. Yeah. I did not want to research that one just because I want us to have a, a good conversation about it without any sort of bias right yeah. up front. So first impressions. Have you seen this once or twice, this episode? Only once, and I really wish I'd watched it twice, especially after um, reading some of like i had read read like a, a couple short uh, interviews with lindelof mm-hmm. and it just made me appreciate it even more yeah and so i was like oh man i really should have gone back through this again just still go back and watch it yeah, i watched I'm, it once and then i did a ton of reading yeah. i did the same thing then i went back and watched it again and it's it's even richer i mean it's uh, it's already there's a lot there yeah for you up front but there was also a lot on the the second time through yeah. that I appreciated even more. So yeah. first impressions, uh, you walked away from this episode. What did you think? Um, I really, really liked it. I was still trying to put it into perspective to the show and just see what I kind of gathered from it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it really condensed down all the themes of the show and what they've been trying to say into one episode and giving and also giving you a character to latch on to and have a emotional attachment to all mm-hmm. those kind of themes that they're dealing with. So I think it's like the most powerful episode they've done, really. It it definitely resonates. Yeah. It it really felt which is interesting because it largely takes place in the past. Yeah. But it felt more significant than the other episodes. Yeah, especially, more important. especially with how they chose to do it. And it's not just a straight flashback. Mm-hmm. And they were doing it with the nostalgia pills. So you have um, Regina King's character experiencing it along with learning about her grandfather. Yes. So you, and you know, you're familiar with her. So you know, like you already have that emotional attachment. Mm-hmm. And so then combine your learning about her grandfather and you're kind of like giving i don't know you're you're just like a double dose of mm-hmm. of, of emotion getting attached to both characters yeah well usually we walk through this kind of plot book by plot point yeah uh, but i kind of divide this into three i think it's going to be the easiest way we can talk about it i want to get to character last okay we're going to do story second but first i want to talk about style i want to uh-huh. talk about uh, the techniques and the cinematography. I, I, if you're good with that, I'd like to get yeah. that. One thing front. I was going to say, which actually kind of goes with that, is and why I really wish I had got to watch it again is like I was so wrapped up in the style and the techniques they were using to tell this specific story mm-hmm. that I think that's what was something that was overshadowing all the emotion that was underlying. So I wish I had watched it again so I could have appreciated it for that level rather than just the technical aspect of, wow, this is pretty amazing what they're doing. Oh, and and technically it's very bold. Yeah. Uh, It's it's very arresting. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't sure. I I figured they were going to do the memory pell route 
last week. I wasn't sure how linear experience it was going to be or if it was going to be very non-linear. I came to appreciate that it was linear, but that it was free-flowing yeah, linear. It's it was linear, but entirely... not... Yeah, it's not... Yeah, it's almost like an eternal sunshine kind of thing where you're living in his memories and they can jump and um, flow in, in unusual ways. Yeah, two two things popped in my mind. Eternal sunshine, uh-huh. just like you, and then Birdman. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just in the way it would float and suddenly day especially or time would change and then the camera would float back down or yeah, things like that. Yeah, especially with like all the one-shot mm-hmm. stuff that they were yeah. doing. I and, and there were just certain choices I loved. Uh, seeing in the background uh, this this constant uh, colorized image mm-hmm. of his the mother playing yeah. the piano and this idea that that initial childhood trauma is always in the back of his thoughts, yeah. even in these present memories for him yeah. or in the present storyline that's mm-hmm. occurring. He's constantly in the background is the reminder that everything that his life is and has been about started way back at that massacre. Yeah. And I, one of the things I had read with Lindelof and why he chose to do certain things in color was those are very crystal clear to him and are always in his mind Mm -hmm. so that they're just clear in color and colorful and he can't get rid of them and they don't fade to black and white and with like everything else. Well, and... There were just it was it was interesting how it broke things apart. It opens with this very stylized Zack Snyder esque uh, the what is the series the Minutemen series right where it's yeah. that over the top yeah kind of um, made for TV version yeah of but hyper violent yeah. uh, sex stuff yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and it it plays into a, a a lot of just that style. Then it shifts to kind of our real world, and then it really goes down into Angela's mind as things are happening. Mm-hmm. I I loved how it went black and white. Yeah, uh, so yeah. the color could pop certain things. Yeah, I loved some of the the in camera tricks where it's just her face in a mirror. But I but know. Yeah. Uh, when he's putting the face paint on and he's looking at the mirror and she holds up, his wife holds up the smaller mirror and Angela's face uh-huh. is there. I love that shot uh, too. Those moments, I, I just felt like they were being as visually creative as they were being thematically creative and yeah. narratively creative. Uh, there's just a lot going on. Yeah. There. And I think with that stuff, they were they would do the oneers twice where mm-hmm. she was in the sp- and they would switch out the character so yeah. that they could do that as fluidly as possible yeah. and i was really impressed with that now i didn't pick up on it the first time you usually tune into this more did you notice they were doing the exact same thing with the music in which way they would flow from one song to the next or one style of music to the next. It would start to overlap. You would hear things merging with other things. You would hear these very old songs coming in with a score piece or street noise or... Oh, yeah, yeah. The second time you watch it, yeah. uh, you'll probably notice. That's uh-huh. that's why I noticed it was the second time. I'm, and it's, it's subtler. You yeah. don't pick up as much when it's audio uh-huh. as you do visually. Right. But it, I started to notice, oh, they're doing the exact same thing. Yeah. I noticed uh, they would do that with, like, uh, her, his mother playing the piano mm-hmm. and that coming in and out and flowing into other thing, other music. And There were even times where you don't see the mother, but you start to hear that piano. Yeah, right, right. Kind of faded, but in the background. Yeah. Almost like the visual's not there. It's not as pressing in his in his mind. Mm-hmm. But, um, 
And then just other stylistic choices when they were talking and they went into silhouette while the movie played behind them uh-huh. of uh, the the sheriff right. uh, in that movie. As he's yeah. explaining the story, you're, you're being reminded of the visual of that again, which opened the entire series. Yeah. I love how that they've brought that back with the, the sheriff, the black sheriff and uh, that story. Did of, you know that that's a real person and yep, that's a real movie? I do. Yep. Okay. I, that, I just learned that this really? week. I took that for granted the first week. I thought that was something they had put together. But. Nope. Yeah, I knew that was because uh, Jenny and I always watch these stupid uh, kind of history channel things about uh-huh. little bits of history that you might not be familiar with. And yeah. that was one of them. And I, and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that, that guy. Well, and that was very fascinating to me because uh, that, that sheriff and that character inspired things like the Lone Ranger, uh-huh. which was the first mask. Yeah kind of vigilante of sorts and right. story. And then that went on to inspire Superman and some of the other comic yeah. book stories, Zorro first. Uh, and here in this Watchmen universe, you have this uh, black hero vigilante who's wearing a mask inspires. And so just the connective tissue. Yeah. I think you used those words once before, but just the connective tissue of, of everything that was happening. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like that what I was trying to say was with that sheriff, that story, and it's like this pulpy, a uh, silent film is kind of taking the place of like the um, the pirate um, story that's like flowing, in, the in the graphic novel. The graphic novel that's flowing through that, and I I really kind of I like that um, idea. That I don't know if it's intentional, but it just I kind of see the parallel between the two a this, little bit. This episode too, I felt had the most connections to the graphic novel or the most stylistic connections yeah. were it was doing a lot of very Alan Moore yeah. type things. And it had it even had like the um, newspaper stand yeah. and everything. Yeah, and, the old timey newspaper yeah. <laughs> stand. I knew that newsstand was coming back. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the action comics and it just it was so layered. There mm-hmm. were so many things to it. Uh, we can we can kind of shift into story. Do you have any other thoughts on just the style or anything else? No, of it? I was just I I like I said, I really wish I'd watched it again because I was so wrapped up in that part of it and so impressed by that part of it. Um, yeah, I think you can probably move on to what you were thinking. The stories where it really had me. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of that is recently reading the graphic novel. I know it's further back for you. Yeah. But there was just so much in here. Uh, the Hooded Justice character was very... He's very minor, right? Very, very yeah. minor. Maybe one or two scenes. And you get one shot where you see very clearly through the eye holes in his mask, he's white. Mm -hmm. And uh, then everything else you get about Hooded Justice, which his identity was left a mystery, uh, came about in the the companion works or whatever that the original Night Owl Uh uh, had written. And uh, it it talks about how the speculation is that it's this white supremacist wrestler mm-hmm. because he disappeared at the same time Hooded Justice disappeared. Did they hint that? Didn't they hint that in a couple other episodes? Yes. Yeah, I thought. That and that's why man. this one opens with the very right, you know, very white European yeah. uh, guy being unmasked. Yeah. Uh, and at first that threw me off, mm-hmm. uh, but just the tie-ins. The first thing that it does is it ties and it directly addresses the all of the fan theories and all of the things that came out of the Watchmen graphic novel. Uh-huh. Then it somehow magically, smoother than anything <laughs> I have seen, like a pseudo-sequel ever do, Yeah, it completely retconned without... It, it, 
it made it look effortless. Yeah. And it it completely made complete sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the costume oh, yeah. of Hooded Justice. Like, how could you think anything else yeah. looking that costume than, oh, of course. Did we, in an earlier episode, I feel like we speculated that it might be. We had. We yeah. had talked about it because it was that episode where it specifically shows that Minutemen episode. Yeah, yeah. And it's about Hooded Justice. Yeah. And here's all this mystery around Will. Right. And we had started just kind of piecing together the lynching imagery. I don't think we had a fully formed idea. Yeah, I don't think we went that deep but into it. it but it was just like, like it, was, yep, it can't be a coincidence it. that yeah. we're paying so much attention to both of these characters, yeah. especially how minor um, Hooded Justice is in the comic yeah. and how, I don't know, Will is playing into the rest of the story. It's like there has to be more to that. Yeah. And I... I, I yeah, it felt so natural and so, like it feels like such a classic tale, like that it's been told before and just like it's been sitting out in front yep. of us and we nobody said it and it's just like yep. it, it was like so perfect. It's Superman's cape, you know, was yeah. his baby blanket. Now it's his cape. It's Batman had this this trauma that involved bats and yeah. now he you know dones that image to to fight crime and things it, it's it's this very archetypal yeah uh not just the origin of the hero but also the origin of their symbol and their costume and uh why else would you have a noose around your neck why else would you have right. an executioner's hood why else would you um it just it just made total sense yeah except for the okay but he's white no, uh, face paint. I, that made me people. love it face even paint. more. I know. It's so and simple. I love, Elegant. I know, and I love the reason it's like that you're in this time period, you yep. will never be accepted as you will be killed for doing this. And I love how it's this mirror image of Angela's character, yes. but black and white, and she's got the black makeup and he's got the white. I love that shot, and yep. he's he's got the white face paint on. Yep. And one of the things that uh, Lindelof was saying was like, the idea for this is what inspired him to want to do it. Like this was his first that thing. That does not surprise me. This was the first thing, and he was like, "If we can pull this off, then we, I, I feel confident we can do this." That makes total sense yeah. because this is so powerful, and because it's such a linchpin of the entire, mm-hmm. the entire series at yeah. this point. It's it's very clearly what everything else is is revolving around is going to continue revolving right. around. Um, I just, I was top to bottom. I was so impressed with the story and what it was doing. Uh, so much so, I didn't even miss having an Ozymandias scene, which has been kind of my highlight each week. Yeah, yeah. I was really glad they did yeah, this week. I, I, and I don't even know how they would have done it, no. really. Uh, other than just being this vignette at the end, but it would have really distracted or taken away from the... The power of it. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, maybe had they done it at the beginning, no. Right. Because the way it's structured, you need that opening Minutemen uh, storyline to see here's the pulpy Hollywood version of it. Mm-hmm. Here's the salacious version. Now, here's the real story. Yeah. Here's here's what really happened behind all of that. Uh, he wasn't stopping a robbery in a grocery store. He was trying to take down Klansmen yeah. that were working out of the back of this store. Yeah. Um, that, by the way, when he jumps out the window and it turns into her and Laurie comes in and is trying to talk to her. I know. Yeah. And her husband comes in and is trying to kind of talk her out of the coma. And one thing I was thinking about also with that whole idea of he's kind of the basis for the Minutemen, like he was the 
founding inspiration for the Minutemen. And he's this black man who is doing this. And it kind of made me think of kind of like just everything in popular culture, like mm-hmm. rap music and everything where is like they're leading the way in all these cultural things and then they're appropriated by white Captain Metropolis. Yeah. Like that whole group that like this all these white guys jump yep. in to like kind of take up this thing that this they not knowingly that he was a black man, but it's just like yeah, he had the forethought before anyone to do this kind of thing. Even to the point that Metropolis has that very low-key racism. Yeah. You're like, no, that's not what we're about. And did you catch when he unveils that ad? Uh-huh. The ad is racist. Um, it's It's got a, a caricature of a slave on it. Oh, really? I did not see yeah, that. Watch, yeah, watch how much they do on your second time through. It was really interesting because there's, you know, on two sides of him. On one side, he's got this very openly racist, here's the Klansman. Yeah. On this other side, he has this lover who is treating him uh, as a human being, mm-hmm. but at the same time, not. He's still right. less than. Yep. Yeah. He's still not a full person. He's a... Um, a token he's yeah you know he's a he's, he's so a t- like he's very like especially when they're having the first like the news the press conference thing mm-hmm. he's like so condescending towards yep. him and the things that he wants to accomplish by this group and 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 he's like no we can't yeah and he's trying to take down real crime right and that that goes back to the watchman graphic novel as, as well because the minutemen were they were corrupt they were just sort of yeah they were publicity stunts mm-hmm. They were more interested in uh, creating this this whatever around themselves than actually doing good. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the the scenes of Hooded Justice is when he walks in on the comedian raping right. Laurie. Yeah. Or Laurie's mother, uh-huh. excuse me. And he he threatens the comedian and, and stops it from happening and things like that. And he's furious. And it's it's this moment again. You know that that's some of the inspiration for like the boys and where they did some right, of those things yeah, for sure. Where he's coming in and just like this is not what we're supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've got even more. Metropolis is such an Aryan blonde poster boy for <laughs> whiteness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the comic too, he's mm-hmm. kind of a, a proto Ozymandias. And, uh, man, it just, the whole time I, I couldn't believe that it hasn't just been the leading theory of course hood justice is a black man. Right. Even if it wasn't intended that way. Yeah. Nothing else makes better sense. And Alan Moore is a hack. If he thought (laughs) I, I, I'm telling you, Alan Moore is a hack if he had anything else intended other than this, because this is so far and away. Uh, organic and exactly what it should be. Mm-hmm. Anything he less. He probably hates it, though. Maybe. I don't even know if he watches it. Yeah, probably not, but if he probably hears that, he's... Maybe. I don't know. I just... He needs to come out of his hibernation, <laughs> and I... This is... This show is just so intelligently done in how it's handling the graphic novel and the respect it's paying to the graphic novel. And giving a lot more weight to a lot of aspects of, of the it. Things that yeah. are, I can't imagine a creator, and I'm sure he would. He would probably hate it. Yeah. But it just boggles my mind that a creator would hate that somebody's doing so much new things, possibly retconning things, but at the same time making them so much more mm-hmm. interesting. 
Yeah, maybe not even hating it for the sheer fact of what he decided to do with it, just that maybe he decided to answer the question. It was left. Yeah, yeah it was, it like was he wanted it to just mystery. be a mystery. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he even would admire what he decided to do with it, but it's just like I left that as a question just because that's how I wanted it to be. Uh, it, it also, it was really um, fascinating to me how it – uh, used the clan and clan imagery and I had no idea that Cyclops was an actual level of clandom really once upon a time oh. yeah, that was an actual there's like the grand wizards and the yeah clan. I knew about that I had, but... I had read an article about how Superman early on that was his villains were the KKK I remember that in yeah. early action comics yeah and uh, one of the reasons they did that is because at the time comic books were for kids and they hear these cartoonish yeah. villains with Cyclops and Wizard and all of these titles and here's here's Superman coming and defeating them. Mm -hmm. Well, that did a, and recruitment dramatically dropped yeah. at the exact same time and that was part of it and it's kind of anti-propaganda mm -hmm. that went against the KKK propaganda and it's like no, this is this is really awful and silly. Yeah, because I mean Superman is by like they're Jewish writers, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And so, yeah, the, so the Cyclops was an actual level of clandom. Mm. That's why, man, the layers. That's why, yeah. oh, brother, where art thou? John Goodman's character is the Cyclops. And oh, is also okay. a clans member because that's a whole... Uh, I didn't realize, yeah. No, this show is even making me appreciate <laughs> Coen Brothers movies from, like, years ago. But that's easy to do. Genius. Coen Brothers Genius. are always easy to appreciate. Well, yeah. But here's one more thing. Okay. I thought I had watched that movie so many times that I had it all. Nope. I just always went off just because he's, I mean, it's the Well, Odyssey that's the literal. And, yeah. That's the literal. But why is he in the clan? Oh, there's a whole that's, thing with that. Wow. Just, mm. Hmm. Mm. Any other so thoughts good. on the story? Because, man, so much happened in this episode. But, I, well, going back to that, the, the Cyclops, I really like how they took it in this, like, kind of superhero mm -hmm. um, direction with like almost like a literal like mind control thing. But it mm -hmm. also goes back to like, it goes to like actual historic kind of things that happen with like mm -hmm. the black on black violence and interesting to think about it, like being orchestrated by this group and yeah. And I don't know how much this is probably looking into it too much, but here are white filmmakers who are, uh, causing unrest in minority groups. Uh -huh. And it was all, almost this, this idea to me of we dominate art. Mm -hmm. And in our domination of art, we're going to tell you, those who are not white, what you should think and feel through our white art. Right. Uh, and that's probably overstating it, but those kind of themes were everywhere. Where mm -hmm. it's, it's just that from Metropolis to the KKK to the, the, the film being made and things like that, it was this idea that we're white, mm -hmm. we set the rules, we set culture, we determine those things. And if we want you to fight, you're going to fight. Mm -hmm. It was just so much happening there. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't get over it. Yeah. I just, it's been tickling my brain. Yeah, me too. Because I, I mean, while watching it, I'm not sure exactly what I'm feeling about it because mm -hmm. there's so much and it's such a bit different visual style from the rest of the show. So it's just it's like one of those episodes which always end up being like the best ones where you're thinking about it for days afterwards and appreciating it more as it sinks in. So 
I was I was really impressed with the performances too. Yeah. I did you notice how much his eyes, young Will's eyes, look like uh, Angela's eyes? Yeah, especially with like the cross cuts that they would do between the two, and it was just like kind of uncanny. Oh, it was. Yeah. Not only was he a great actor. Yeah. In that role, but they found somebody that very believably is her ancestor mm-hmm. in the present, and and I just. Little decisions like that uh, really make for a seamless experience. Yeah, uh, there was there was very little in this that pulled me out. Uh, the only thing that even came close, I was fine with the second time. Uh, but that flashlight, the the hypnotic oh, really? flashlight. Yeah, uh, I just it was such a comic book turn. Yeah, it confused me at yeah. first, not in a bad way. It was just that was the only moment where I felt myself suddenly coming out of the episode and thinking about what they were doing instead of just being immersed in uh-huh. it. What was your experience like on that when it was getting to the Judd hanging? I think I had the kind of the same experience, but it was one of those things that I really liked after thinking about it and kind of how well it interplayed with the past mm-hmm. and how he's using this thing against his own enemies yeah. like because he sees him as part of the are part of the clan mm-hmm. and so he's like i'm gonna use this your own creation against yeah. you so i i liked it for that yeah. reason but i definitely agree with you it kind of is especially with your adjusting to maybe thoughts you had previously to mm-hmm. what was happening yeah. so now it's like it's one of those things where it's like the mystery's fun when it's just floating out there and you're speculating about yeah. it but once the it starts consolidating and you're kind of it's all coming together you kind of have to adjust and kind of realize do i like this is this fit with um what i was thinking and uh i was doing that definitely but once you kind of piece it to what they're trying to do it i feel like it totally made sense well in between my first and second watching i reminded myself this show starts with uh a woman swallowing pills that allows her to experience another human yeah. being's memories. Right. And just an episode ago, we had a flashback to a giant interdimensional <laughs> squid that had been created by a supervillain yeah, yeah. appearing in New York City and yeah. with a psychic blast killing millions of people. So the fact that it's a flashlight I know. flashing yeah. with hypnosis that you kind of forget about bothered all that, me. that crazy big stuff when that yeah. Well and that's a testament to the whole episode. I know. Because the whole episode was so convincing. Yeah. That for a moment I forgot I was watching for sure something that that had some yeah. more uh, sci-fi comic book surreal elements. Mm-hmm. Second time through, it didn't bother me at all. Right. It just it okay. I see it. it yeah, it tracks with a world where squid rain from the sky, <laughs> and <laughs> it just it worked. Yeah. Um, so, anything else on the story that you appreciate or, or that's stuck in your mind? No, not off hand that's like i said i i really wish i'd rewatched it just so i could have appreciated that part of it more and maybe had some more thoughts on it but i i thought it was fantastic. i suspect whatever happens next week we're going to end up talking about this episode a lot too right uh and so still still watch it a second time I, oh yeah it'll i can't wait to hear how you react to it Uh, the second time. One thing I guess I wanted to ask is I, and I'm not sure if it's mentioned in the original graphic novel or maybe Mm -hmm. some supplemental thing afterwards, but did they in the original um, Manhattan and 
not Manhattan, Metropolis. Metropolis. And will have a relationship? No. It was implied. I think it's okay. the comedian implies. Was it the comedian? My memory's failing me. I think it was the comedian implies that Metropolis and Hood Justice. He's he's trying to to get at Hooded Justice okay. after Hooded Justice stops. Oh right. The the encounter with with Laurie's mom, yeah. the original Silk Spectre, and that's his comeback. Is okay. That, you know, yeah, but you're this thing. Oh. Um, but so I. That's kind I of enough. Like. Sure. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That's interesting. It was there. It was yeah. definitely there in some form in the the graphic. I remember. Novel. I mean, I know there wasn't like an actual like scene in yeah. it where they're they're showing it, but I wasn't sure if it was like mentioned like in passing, where it was like something like that, where it was a joke or um, just this thing that people thought may have happened. Um, yeah, I was just curious because I. Wasn't it's sure. in there. Yeah. It's, that's not pulled from the void. Right. That's, that's definitely in there. Wasn't sure if that was... So, like last week, last week was very Wade-centric. Mm-hmm. This week, we get a lot of Will. We also get a lot of Angela. Yeah. How well does this work for uh, a Will episode about his character arc from boyhood to old man who just made somebody hang themselves? Did that make you more interesting and in what he more interested in what he's up to now with Lady True, or were you just so taken with kind of this past storyline, you hadn't even started to think like, wait, okay, what's the significance moving forward of this? Um, I think it's one of the best origin stories of a character, like that I've ever seen. You could all this could almost be a standalone episode. Yeah, if you saw nothing else of the series. Yeah. And you just watch this episode; it would completely uh, be a sequel to and, and enhance your appreciation of. Yeah, like if you didn't have novel. to have the setup of the nostalgia pill right. or something, like it could be the opening episode of it, setting up who this character is, mm-hmm. um, and work really well. Now, do you think it's the right time? Would it have been better to reveal that Will was hooded justice earlier on, or is this the right time in the series to do that? I think it felt right to me. Yeah, it was to me too. Yeah, I, I thought it was great, especially with uh, the idea of the nostalgia pills, because it it flows with what's happened previously. It, I, I, lo- I just really like that device. Yeah. It's such an interesting, instead of just like, all of a sudden we're back in the, the 1930s or 40s, um, just that it's just this little plot thing that I, I and, it, yeah. and it intertwines Angela in there and her viewing this side of her grandfather, like her grandfather, she doesn't know what at does this all. Do to her thinking of her grandfather. I think she makes her a little more sympathetic towards what he's doing or mm-hmm. more curious about um, where he is in his life now and what he's trying yeah. to accomplish. Yeah. Well, and the reason I ask, there's there's some very ominous things in this episode, and they're short-lived, but there's Judd saying, you don't understand what's going on. Yeah. That was a big element there. Then Will saying, I don't care. Mm-hmm. He might be definitely like a one-track mind. Like, this has sure. been his mission yep. since that time of his life, and he can't give it up. And that's all he sees Judd is mm-hmm. as this hooded clansmen or a part of this group in some way that yeah he doesn't care and i'm curious if it's almost nazi-esque where what the nazis were they're now they've evolved into something else and there's a newer threat 
right they're not the original but they're they're still this newer threat that that's happened in comic stories and marvel and different things like that with hydra and things like that yeah i mean that's kind of and also if they're really trying to tackle things that are happening now Mm -hmm. that's what happens now it's like white supremacists in the kkk or they're calling themselves like proud boys and other kind we're of names. We're not na- Nazis anymore. No, we're, we're not Nazis. We're thing. this, and we're we're not wearing masks anymore. Mm-hmm. We're out right in plain sight. So and so, I'm wondering if Judd is a part of that evolution of that Cyclops group, right? Where maybe they're not racist anymore. Maybe they're still insidious, but now there's something else, right? And so, I'm I'm curious what they unravel there. Uh-huh. The bigger ominous thing, and and this might be a little convoluted, but started to get a little worried because Will had said uh, very specifically that once everything was done, he was saying this to Lady True, Mm -hmm. once their plan goes through, Angela will hate him. Uh, And I was trying to figure out, at first, before this episode, that line struck me as, we're going to do something that people won't understand, Ozymandias style, and Angela's going to hate me because she's going to think I'm a villain, but I'm not. mm Mm-hmm. This episode, though, Will is striking me as a character from his dad originally getting that flyer that drops and starting to question his own country. Now Will experiences white versus black violence. Now Will grows up, he experiences white versus black uh, suppression and oppression, Mm -hmm. then violence, then abuse, a near lynching, to the point that he turns into this hooded justice character. Now, as an old man, he is willing to execute white people. You think it's going to be like a genocide, white genocide kind of thing? What color are Angela's kids? This is Clint Clint from from the future. future. I'm about to completely blow this question that Ken just asked me. The kids belong to a family that was killed during the white night. Let's sit back and enjoy my stupidity together. They're mixed race. Do they die? Is this a like a racial genocide that they're building towards? Because you've got Lady True, yeah, who was abused by the American Army, white people in Vietnam, mm. and now she's in the place she's in. Will's been abused by white people his entire life. Is this building towards a cleansing of the white race from the planet? Mm. Um, it I don't know what it was. It just started to set in my mind, and it was the second time I watched it. I'm just like. Oh, how how race war is this show about to go? Yeah, right. Um, and it was it's just very very interesting. Hmm. But her her kids are not mixed race. I think they're they're white. They're adopted. I thought it was her and that guy, from what's his name from um, um, Supernatural. You remember he shows up in the beginning and like they had a relationship or something. I'm not sure. I can't remember. I need to go back and find out. Yeah. Um. I don't know. They're definitely not white, though. You sure? Yeah. Those are mixed-race kids. Okay. Maybe. Either way. So if you have... I, I don't know. I just... I began to feel very like... They they have progressively, each episode, increased the level of severity and tension of this race war. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where they're going. I don't know. That's an interesting thought. I yeah. don't think the series ends with all white people dying. No, wrong. no, it's definitely going to be like foiled. It it would 
it's starting to feel like the whatever plot is boiling has to do with race. Mm. Everything has been about race in the series. And so it only stands to reason that that will be too. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think, or when she's snapped out of it at the end mm-hmm. and she's with Lady True, mm-hmm. what is the procedure is she doing to her? I don't know what procedure she's doing. I took that, and, and I was thinking about that, and especially the second time, I took that as either she near died and they got her out of there and basically resuscitated her with technology that was beyond whatever the hospital had. Yeah. Or Laurie knowing that there was no way to get Angela out or that she was going to die, her only option, because she had had the meeting with Lady True earlier mm-hmm. in the series. And they didn't. Did she make the Lady call? True, isn't she the one like in, invented the nostalgia or their yes. company is? Yes. Or they inherited it yeah. or took that over or refined it. Right. Or, yeah, she definitely has a hand in there. Yeah, there, were, there was something where the hospital wasn't enough, the FBI wasn't enough, police weren't enough, and so they had to turn to Lady True. Mm. Uh, or they did a straight breaker out of the hospital and, and took her. Yeah. Uh, which is also a possibility. And yeah, I wasn't sure if it was like somewhere. more than a um, extreme IV in her arm mm-hmm. or if it was something related to what Lady True's daughter is going through or... Lady True's daughter also had an IV Yeah, but it, she was sleeping. Yeah, it doesn't look exactly like an IV. No. So if there's something else going on with that. No. I, I think... Next episode will be probably a lot of answers surrounding that. And I'm curious. They keep doing the kind of single character episodes. I'm curious what the next one is. Yeah. I wonder if that's a Ozymandias or especially I, since we didn't get one this week. or It may be the time with Ozymandias. I still think we're going to see Vietnam. I still think we're mm. going to see giant Manhattan, Dr. Manhattan, tromping through Vietnam and winning the war and i think we're going to see a very young lady true uh really kind of wrecked by something or Mm. her family killed or or just everything collapses in on her because of you know the the white cavalry coming in and doing their thing yeah Uh, i don't know maybe yeah it might not be a a solitude um single character episode Mm -hmm. again because what is there two more episodes Three. Three? Yes. There's uh, there's nine episodes. Oh, there's nine? Uh, yeah. I kept thinking so there was three eight. more. And a little detail I had, I had sort of forgotten, and then I read it somewhere. I forgot that in the Watchmen graphic novel, Vietnam is an American state. That mm. after the Vietnam War, uh, they basically colonized and took over Vietnam. So again, going back to Lady True, if, if really bad things happen, and then hail the conquering white heroes... Uh, they set up shop and they literally take over your country. Um, you know, there's a lot there with with British colonialism and just colonialism in general. Right. That uh, that could be tied in there, or or those kind of overtones. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those feelings, and that's rife with racial oh, yeah. themes and and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I was left. I I felt like lots of answers were in this episode. Lots mm-hmm. of questions were in this episode. Um, I, I felt my brain speculating more yeah. than it has in previous episodes. Mm-hmm. I think because there's actual evidence and, and kind of a direction it's starting to point towards. Um, I still haven't really gone online and, and read fan theories and all that sort of thing. Yeah. I just, I don't enjoy that. Um, I might do that afterwards. Mm, yeah. But, um, 
I don't know. Yeah, I'm not to the point where like I am getting a theory for what's actually going on. Like with yeah. with like your idea with um, Will is <laughs> just like lining up for this giant race genocide. Um, I think that's fascinating, but I think I'm still processing this episode and yeah. just. Like I said, the visuals and the new information we have on Will and just the emotional arc of his character and how well they um, explained him becoming Hooded Justice. And I'm just I'm still just loving all that stuff. Even if they do go something crazy like a white genocide. Yeah, I think that's interesting. It would they still were missing some pretty significant pieces. Yeah, they would still need to fill in a lot of time of what Will went through from the time he hung up the hood and stopped being hooded justice to this old man ready to commit that level of whatever it is. I think Lady True might fill in that gap a little bit. And that's why if if next week it's it's a very kind of Lady True or if it's Vietnam or something like that and the crossover connection to Will and now we get to see Will where Will was that led him to old man will yeah then i think we'll get a sense of what's coming together and maybe that's not next episode maybe that's the episode after at some point they've got to deal with it whatever the plot is they've got to explain uh where it came from yeah right now let's say they go big and crazy uh, they haven't said enough about will to get him to big and crazy i can buy him killing a bunch of clansmen i can't buy him completely wiping out billions of people yeah um i don't and i'm not even i'm not even sure if it is going to be that big it may not be if it's going to be millions of people it might be because just how centered on tulsa it feels Mm -hmm. it feels like such a smaller Mm -hmm. the plan could be smaller than that i don't i don't know but um it's a big clock (laughs) it is a big (laughs) clock Uh, was Angela, was she born in Vietnam or, yes. okay. So I'm trying to think maybe, maybe that's how Will gets there. And then like her, her, the family's there and maybe, but that's confusing too, because his wife had left him yeah, and was taking Angela's father, mother. What was the baby? Was the baby a boy? Yeah. Was taking the baby with her. So I don't know if Will goes to Vietnam or she goes Maybe to he's Vietnam to, and that's yeah. why he goes there. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. What did you think of? I was going to I this might be the same question I was going to ask possibly. you. Possibly. It immediately jumped into my mind. Yeah. What did you think of the the reveal that the baby he saves in the field he grows up and marries? Yeah. It felt at first it felt a little incestuous almost. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But then I was trying to think about it in a different way where it just could have been like they're raised together almost like as family friends, like, mm-hmm. and they're just so familiar with each other. And maybe there was a, at some point in their life, there was a separation mm-hmm. and they come back together later in life. Like and, they were adopted by two different sets of people. Right, that right. grew up in proximity to yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah. So they're still friends, but yeah. they're, they maybe they don't have like almost a brother and sister relationship. Yeah. But it, just the idea, like, I mean, he is, I don't know how many years older than this baby. So that's, yeah, that makes it think. probably, what, eight, seven or eight when? Yeah, when six, seven or eight, somewhere six, in there. Seven, eight. So there's 
seven, six, seven years yeah. difference. Yeah. It it only gets incestuous for me if they were raised brother and sister. Yeah, that's or if he somehow helped raise her at some point or that's 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 where, where my mind was at first and then I'm trying to think maybe there was some distance and like they said, came what's, back together. What's the meaning there? Because they could have just she could have just been his wife, this woman that he met and fell in love with. It it didn't need that story beat. I feel like that means it's going to have significance because they definitely did not deal with it or answer it. Well, I was trying to think maybe it was he was familiar with her and they were friends and he was trying to also hide this part of himself of the homosexuality. So in this time, you know, a lot of people just Mm -hmm. got married and had families and repressed that side of themselves or hid it and lived out these... um, that lifestyle and secret. So maybe he was doing that. And it was just really easy to do that with her. It was safe. It was safe. And they had, they were, had an understanding and now at any point, because she it, kind of saw that like them flirting almost when he, did she? Yeah. I feel that's, like, that's my next, you're reading my mind. I feel like he's yours. And that was my next I question. Think she even Does commented she on it. Well, she, she, commented she like, comments on him running off and, and, and being with them. But I think she, I thought she I, was just referring to playing hero. I think it also was to that because I think to their relationship. Interesting. Also, because just like immediately after she says that, it's them in bed together. See, now I need to watch it a third time. <laughs> this was a dense I, yeah. episode. I mean, I could be wrong, but it's just like that's kind of how I was reading it at the time. Okay. My hunch is they'll answer that one too. Mm. I I think if if they show us anything of him from the time he hangs up the hood to old man will he's going to have to run into her again when she's old or she's he's there's going to have to be something there mm-hmm. it just it felt like there were certain choices that were made that almost demand an answer or or a little I bit think of they detail will. And they definitely did yeah. not fill it in. I feel like up to this point, they've done such a good job at that. They're not going to let that feel kind of empty and like we're missing some parts of the puzzle to that. I, th- I feel like they'll fill in those gaps. Now, when Lindelof in his interviews, did he mention anything about there being like, did he have a difficult time cutting or editing this? Is there more there that they trimmed down uh, or did they have a very clear vision of here's exactly what memories are being laid out? Um, they didn't you know, go into that. Thing. They kind of talked about more the technical gotcha. side of it and how um, they had proposed this idea to HBO of doing it all in black and white mm-hmm. with the splashes of color. And HBO wasn't quite sure at first about it. They're like, let us let me get back to you on that. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, if it's going to be just one episode and it's kind of for a um, t- character, mm-hmm. like to make a point about this character, then that's fine. Okay. And... Uh, they didn't really go into if there was things cut for okay. the actual story. Well, and, and HBO allows for, at least as far as I can tell, if a Game of Thrones or a Leftovers or whatever wants to have a 55-minute episode instead of a 45, they yeah. just sort of let them do it. They don't seem to really care much. Yeah, I was surprised he was even saying that they kind of had reservations about that at first. It was like, I feel like usually yeah, HBO well, gives you free reign almost. And that raised the question in my mind, do they have to check in with HBO about each episode and what they're going to do? or Because black and white is not the thing I would have raised my hand on in the HBO boardroom <laughs> about this series. Yeah. Maybe it was because maybe they had brought it up early in the process mm-hmm. because this 
they had, I know that they were saying how this was one of the first things that they had thought about. Yeah. With that, the characters. When they're so maybe, pitching the yeah, actual so, show. Right, right. Okay, maybe, but. Um, well, and I know after the pitch, once a series is, is okayed, it moves on to a stage with HBO. I think Showtime does the same thing where now they want to see kind of the episode layout. How's this going to unfold before mm-hmm. they give the final, like, yes, here's your budget. Go make that show. So maybe it was in that stage they maybe. were talking about. I don't know. I don't know either. The The whole series is starting to feel, it was already, I think, bold. I've used that word before. It's starting to feel daring. It's starting to feel like it's going to be very, very timely mm. and very message-driven and cutting edge. Um, and I, I, I know for sure before coming to the series, I was not anticipating that. I of was, it being like timely? I knew it would be timely. I didn't think it would be as, uh, I don't have the word. It really feels like it's starting to not just touch on some of these things. It really feels like it is digging right to the heart of these things. Yeah. And it wants to rip that open and see what's beating in there. Yeah. It, it is not timid. Mm. It is... It, accelerating towards some of the things that other shows would touch on but not center entire plots characters revelations uh twists around and and it really feels like somebody said let's make this about race and let's make it about race right right i just it i don't know yeah and and i'm curious what that means for an ozymandias and a dr manhattan and how how did those characters fit into those themes Mm -hmm. and how are they going to play with that yeah Uh, or are they going to continue to just sort of shelve those former characters and really deal primarily with these these newer characters yeah fine either way i mean depending on where ozymandias is actually Mm -hmm. and how he fits into what lady true knows and if dr manhattan is involved in some way um he might be part of Will's plan in some way. That's the plan. They're just putting all white people in Europa. <laughs> just, just one at a time? One at a time. All at once. He was a test but subject. He was the test. And to get him out of the way first, he's a he's a white man. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and drop him on Europa mm-hmm. with a bunch of white clones. Yep. And a white warden. They want I mean they want slaves. Let's give them white slaves. Here you they go. can pull them out of a river. Here comes right several a billion more. Lake rather. <laughs> Jupiter's Jupiter's a big planet. Yeah. I mean, we, I don't know how big Europa is, though. I don't know. I just Europa know. is just a testing ground. They'll go run over, to, go over to Jupiter then. Pretty confident uh, we're not going to have a shot of Jupiter becoming a Saturn-like planet where the rings are frozen white people. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure. I hope the series ends and pulls back and all the rings are white dead people floating out there. Seriously, though, if it did it, I'm good. Yeah. Bring season two on. Well, going back to the race thing, I even from the beginning, just how in like in such a smart way they were intertwining Mm -hmm. that, it made me excited to see what they were going to do. And just as it's progressed, it's just made me more excited and interested in what they're trying to say about it and. Mm Uh, especially after this episode, and I, 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 don't know. I feel like it get very repetitive, but I'm just, I mean, yeah. I'm so invested in the show. Yeah, it just, 
man, they would really have to drop the ball in the last episode to to lose me because I I just can't imagine it. It it feels like it has such clarity of thought and and such um, clear direction and where it's going that they very much have a top-to-bottom plan uh, that I, I can't imagine suddenly it's going to get sloppy or suddenly it's going to fall apart or suddenly it's not going to make sense or be dopey or... Yeah, it's going to get, as it closes in on the last couple episodes, it's going to get mm-hmm. kind of nerve-wracking. Yeah. And we're going to be like, I hope they land it. Don't. Kind of like don't, when we were talking about. Don't do it. Don't, don't mess this up. <laughs> yeah, like Dr. Sleep. Yeah. That, that emotion we were feeling yeah. like, oh, please, just touch yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We yeah. will see. <laughs> we only have three more episodes. Mm-hmm. and Oh, any other thoughts, Clint? I don't think so. Okay. I'm I'm jazzed. I'm excited. We were excited about this when we went long. Oh, did we? Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I it was I had a lot to say. <laughs> you had a lot to say. I'm ready for episode seven. Mm, yeah. Which uh man, what is episode seven even called? Uh an almost religious awe. Oh man. An almost religious awe. Do you wanna know the titles for eight and nine? No. We'll save it. You sure? Yeah. It's kind of great. Don't tell me. You sure? Yeah. One of them might allude to our white rings of Jupiter. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh, well, that's so funny. Yeah, I'm not going to read that. Too. Okay, don't. White rings of Jupiter. Is that I it? it? I called it right. Yeah, that's white rings of Jupiter. I'm not going to tell called. you. Here it is. <laughs> no, that's not what it's called. But right now, episode six, I'm calling... White rings of Jupiter, and it probably will not happen. But <laughs> prediction, official prediction. Okay. Okay. We'll keep track of and that, and then give you your. You will know right. that of the two of us, I am this extraordinary being <laughs> because I Man. called white rings of Jupiter. <laughs> I was trying to be so democratic, and I, was, <laughs> I really want to tell you the title of the season finale, but I won't. don't do that. I will jump this table. <laughs> okay. I will be good to you then. Okay. All right. Uh, this has been uh, Who Watches the Watchmen? Nope. Yeah. Yep. Who Watches who the watches Watchers? The watch- who What? No. Who, who Watches the Watchmen? No. Who Watches the Watchers? Who? What do you mean, Who Watches the Watchers? That's what the whole thing is in the comic. No, it's Who Watches the Watchmen. Isn't that what they're having their signs? Who watches the Watchers? No, who watches the Watchmen? They're called the Watchmen. Who I know, Watchmen? but... <laughs> I mean, the old quote is who watches the Watchers. Oh, okay. Maybe... Uh, You're probably right. I don't know. This has been episode six <laughs> of Who Watches the Watchmen. Anyways, Clinton can. Have a good Thanksgiving, kids. Bye-bye. <laughs>